Hello and welcome back to Cooking the Books with me, Jilly Smith, the podcast which takes us through four food moments from the books of our favourite food writers. It's about all of life through the prism of food. And this week I'm with the Indonesian chef behind my last sellout supper club, Petty Elliot. Because we know gado gado sauce. But to add ginger, you make something else. To, to add uh, even sliced lamb leaf, you make pechel. Or we, we have curry dog, we have... Oh, Shomai as well. Her book, The Indonesian Table, is a seminal work on the food of this archipelagic state of 17,000 islands. We might think we know the flavours of Bali, Java, maybe even Sumatra, but Penang Kabao, Manado, Padang? Probably not. Petty first brought Indonesian food to a hungry public 20 years ago as a food journalist and chef, cooking for some of the most influential people in the world since... But as we met at the British Library to talk about her book, I asked her about choosing this most hallowed of literary venues and being a card-carrying member of a very British institution. For me, British Library is a place for research and there's so much about Indonesia here. And as Indonesian who married to British uh, uh, person and both my children, they are British and I'm Indonesian, so I think I have a huge connection with uh, British, and I'm involved uh, since, gosh, 20 years in several British uh, foundation or charity in Indonesia until today. Yeah, but you you represent Indonesia on the world stage as a chef. So, for example, you've just cooked for the, the spouses of the G20. Um, mm-hmm. There's some very exciting news coming up about you cooking for our royalty. Mm-hmm. But all of this is as sort of the Queen of Indonesia. I know I it's amazing opportunity to have these experiences and then to be asked to cook to so many very influenced people in the world. And for me, I just want to take this opportunity really to promote Indonesia culture, Indonesia food culture, and to remind the world how Indonesia is amazing country, uh, which has so many history and contributed to the shape of world cuisine and world history as well. Yeah, and it is strangely a bit of a gap in the market, really, isn't it? We've got Thai food, we've got Chinese food, we've got Indian food, we've got all sorts of Asian food, but we haven't really turned our attention to Indonesian food. Uh, I mean, I love it. I, I grew up on Malay food because I grew up in Malaysia, but um, it's it is and possibly because it is so diverse, we don't really understand it Um, and we'll we'll go through some of your food moments to kind of unpack what that is but you've written a book which really is a seminal book on Indonesian food it's more than just your story of your upbringing and your grandmother who obviously we're going to talk about too it is the story of those islands just give us some of the background to to Indonesia as as an archipelago state Uh, you write Jilly how Indonesia seems kind of no space in or no place in the world stage because maybe our our culture our nation is too big um, and even for Indonesian we we don't know what to promote because we have too many but of course slowly is happening in the last 10 years I think there's so much work from many parties of course to promote Indonesia and to kind of remind the world you know the Spice Island is in Indonesia there's so many uh, kingdom 
in Indonesia around the archipelago of Indonesia since six centuries. And then imagine the world without nutmeg and cloves. And of course, these two spices, well, three, including the the maize, are indigenous Indonesia. And then as a maritime countries, oh my gosh, it's just the, the role of Indonesia actually is there, but seems, um, I'm not sure, is it forgotten or... Or we haven't really uh, promoted in maximum capacity. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in order to tell its story, you uh-huh. have to kind of homogenize all those different cultures. Uh-huh. And one of the glorious things about Indonesia is that Java is very different to Bali oh, yeah. and uh, and Sulawesi and and Manado, where you came from, where we, which we'll talk about. In order to kind of tell that very clear story on Instagram, mm-hmm. you have to make it less complex. Imagine to promote a country, the size is like the whole Europe together. Yeah. Even to write my book, I had problem to choose the recipes or to uh, talk more about certain islands because it's just, you know, my book is... Uh, for me, it's only introduction about Indonesia because it's only 100 recipes or maybe 150s. But um, there's so much to say. For me, of course, I was born in North Sulawesi Island in Manado and my family moved to Java um, when I was 13. And again, only like from one culture, Manado culture to Java, Jakarta, I have to learn new language I explore new food, new culture, new everything. Yeah, it's just so crazy big. Well, well, let's break it down. I mean, we can do in your food moments. You start with the sour fish soup, the ikan kuah asam. Mm -hmm. And this is from Manado. This is your grandmother's recipe. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your grandmother and where you grew up. Well, um, my grandmother, uh, she's... uh, This is my maternal uh, grandmother. She's um, half Chinese and half Malay. And she always wear kebaya, you know, or tunic. Um, never wear like one dress. <laughs> it's the opposite of my paternal grandmother, uh, whom she's half Dutch. So it's quite interesting. Even for me, in within my family, I have so many different cultures around. You know, my my grandfather f- from my mum's side, he's Muslim and mostly, uh, you know. My father, he's Protestant, my mother, Catholic, so it's just crazy. It's just uh, so, yeah. Uh, my grandma taught me about uh, cooking from my early age. Um, it's quite fascinating because um, this experience, spending time with her in her traditional kitchen in North uh, Sulawesi in Manado, it's like uh, introduction for me to learn the basic not only about Manado food but the understanding about regional Indonesian food you know about sambal about, about bumbu that is the basic let me just ask you about bumbu because at our supper club that mm-hmm. you did at my house recently you made a bumbu and it is the mother for all sorts of things once you have a bumbu paste in your jar in mm-hmm. your fridge it's it's an entry for all Indonesian food tell us what yeah, it is exactly well bumbu is spice paste there are of course a white uh, bumbu, uh, red or yellow. The white consists only garlic, shallot, ginger, or perhaps galangal, or even um, aromatic ginger. And the 
from the white you add chili, it become red, and then from the red you add turmeric, it become uh, uh, yellow, which is a uh, uh, spice turmeric, and then from this basic bumbu you add herbs. Whatever depend on the region, you add perhaps lemongrass, pandan leaf, uh, lime, lime leaves, uh, curry leaf, you know, in Sumatra, or basil. And from the basil, from this basic bumbu herbs, there's some region you put uh, different varieties of uh, spices, you know, could be eight, could be ten. And in Manado, we don't use sort of dried spices we only use uh, uh, cinnamon uh, and nutmeg and cloves not compared than in Sumatra you know there's uh, cumin uh, coriander uh, there's more you know like uh, um, yeah it's just it's just uh, mind-blowing really because but to understand about Indonesian food I think it's good to if you can learn the sambal and the bumbu because the bumbu is uh, the best to create curry or stew or, or even marinated for uh, some satay, let's say, mm-hmm. and adding uh, a dried spices. Mm-hmm. And once you understand it, and it's so easy. The thing is, Indonesian cuisine uh, got influence from the whole world cuisine, Chinese cuisine, Arabic, uh, European, uh, Paranakan, of course, we share with Paranakan cuisine. And Whatever in the world, we also have in Indonesia. Can you imagine that? Yeah, absolutely. It's very important to you to keep the traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say that, that you know you've got to learn the rules before breaking them. It is very important to keep the tradition before mm-hmm. moving on. You posted a wonderful film, which I kind of added on my story the other day, of you hunkering down, you know, doing the traditional kind mm-hmm. of ho- uh, cooking over the big flames. Yes. Now, this is a traditional kind of cooking, but there's always that question isn't that is it about keeping women down you know the reality is uh, that actually it's really hard to pound those spices and to cook like that it takes hours exactly uh, where's the place of women in the kitchen in indonesia as you promote these traditional values wow you know i think for me the woman in indonesia is the what is it is like the library or the source of knowledge and the spirit to keep the culture going because uh, it's fascinating. The thing is, you know, I was the pioneer of Indonesian food in Indonesia through my writing 20 years ago and my collaboration with chef uh, in Indonesia and around the world. But for me, gosh, I really treasure my experience in my grandmother in her kitchen and now if I travel around Indonesia I can still find the traditional uh, ambience you know and technique and then spirit exactly you know when I was cooking with my grandmother so if I travel to remote places around Indonesia it's still there and and of course these days you know well-known Indonesian chef or even foreigner chef they will uh, travel around Indonesia to find the, the 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 story of the dishes or the cooking the traditional cooking technique with cooking with bamboo or banana leaves or with fire uh, cooking with uh, hot stones and they are actually get inspired and to try to replicate to the modern uh, beautiful restaurant in Jakarta or Bali. But, and you can do that. I mean, you left yeah. Manado and you went to live in Jakarta. Did you still cook 
in that kind of intricate, very sort of traditional way using food processors? Um, perhaps the cooking technique, no. But, of course, I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to, to bring the traditional dish with modern technique, perhaps, using oven, for example. Although I really, you know, adore cooking with banana leaf, but maybe sometimes it's too hard to even have barbecue during winter. So I put the banana, banana let's say fish with banana leaf, with spices, wrapped banana leaf in the oven, cook in the oven. But for me, it's very important we acknowledge the tradition, we value, we talk more. Don't forget the tradition because with this, uh, you know, uh, modern technology era, it's so easy, somebody just use whatever, you know, whatever channel, and they just, they think that is the traditional, but it's not because people very quickly just uh, demo within like a minute or two minutes uh, 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 video and they think, oh, that, that is the the, the, the the traditional way. But it's not. We have to talk more or to inform that the traditional way is this way and then the modern way is this way. At least the narrative is, is you know, we share the, the real story, right? Yes, and it is about story, isn't exactly. it? That is the most yeah. important thing. It's much, much more than food. Yes. It's ways of life, and that has value. Because, of course, then people feel better about who they are within yes. their, yeah. you know, they don't oh, necessarily... The ec- I'm just thinking about the economic migrants yeah. who are leaving Indonesia uh, in search of a new life. Well, actually, you know, putting your food on the world stage... Uh, actually makes you feel better about who you are and where you come from. I went to a wonderful supper club with some Sri Lankan women who couldn't speak English at all. They'd come, they'd fled the war, they'd made home in London, and they'd been brought in to cook their food for, you know, people like me. And they couldn't believe how much we loved their food and how much we wanted to know about their food. But this is the other things, I think, for for, for Indonesian... uh, From Indonesian, mostly... Maybe we don't have enough talent in uh, in global stage or in international stage. Of course, there are many talent in Indonesia, but maybe Indonesian also like just to live in Indonesia. We don't have this situation that we have to leave the country, right, for a certain reason. But or people study abroad, they go back to Indonesia because it's a lovely country, you know. With <laughs> tropical um, yeah. beach and uh, the, the nice weather and then it seems a very easy life to live in Indonesia, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Your second food moment, gado-gado and chicken satay, possibly the most well-known in, of the Indonesian yeah. uh, recipes. Why did you choose these of all the, you know, the hundred recipes that you've put in the book? Because for me, moving to Jakarta from Manado, and I never tried gado-gado or satay before in Manado, so it's something... Uh, fascinating and especially I love peanut butter you know in, in, in Manado we use uh, peanut butter to spread uh, on toast or bread not toast but just actually roll or because we never toast our bread in Manado we just slice bread and you, you put the peanut butter and that is my my introduction of uh, peanut butter but in um, in Java of course uh, peanut butter, not only peanut butter, but there's so many layers of flavor with tamarind, chili, uh, even a touch of uh, lime, lime juice, or slice of lime leaves as well. And you know, gosh, there's so many um, dishes using 
peanut sauce, not only gado-gado and satay, there's more. So it's just incredible. So for me, I just love the layers of flavour of peanut sauce, of peanut butter. <laughs> and it's also a shorthand, isn't it? One particular flavour, mm-hmm. you know, peanuts and Indonesia. Yeah. It, and you go straight to Bali. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, let's say, we, of course, we know gado-gado sauce. But to add ginger, you make something else. To, to, to add... Um, even sliced lamb leaf, you make uh, pechel, or we, we have curry dog, we have, there's so many, honestly, it's just, oh, shomai as well. We use uh, peanut to make uh, peanut sambal. Yeah. You know, our shomai is not like Chinese uh, dish, but actually it's like fish dumpling, uh, boiled potato, or steamed potato, steamed tofu, and cabbage. So that is our shomai. <laughs> it's fascinating. Now you've mentioned sambal. I'm sure everybody knows what sambal yeah. is, but it is absolutely the quintessential mm-hmm. uh, accompaniment to absolutely yeah. everything in Indonesian food. Tell us about what you know about sambal. You know, it's fascinating for me just to talk about sambal because uh, uh, the key ingredients to make sambal, of course, is chili. And chili is no indigenous Indonesian, so it's introduced by Spanish uh, to Indonesia. And, you know, to talk about sambal, we just have to understand sambal, yes, it's condiment, but the basic sambal basically is only two ingredients, chili and salt. And you can put different ingredients to create whatever sambal, let's say to, to, to create um, shallot sambal, you just add shallot, cook shallot to the chili and salt, and garlic perhaps, and tomato, and pineapple, mango, uh, ginger flour or shrimp paste with tomato there's like endless there's like 100 or even 200 different uh, sambal around uh, the the archipelago the thing is for me I know very well sambal is condiment but imagine to make sauce with only four ingredients three ingredients and and you can find in my book of course let's say like uh, this uh, duck I love duck and it's so easy to cook duck in, in, in England and just sear the duck and make the sambal sambal soya it's only sweet soya lime juice chili and maybe a touch of salt if you need it that's it can you imagine and it's so beautiful you have layers of spicy sweet tangy that is like to make that this dish maybe I don't know Less than 15 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. your third food moment is, is barbecue. You use yeah. barbecue seafood. I'm just put, thinking about putting a sambal with that. Yeah. It's so easy. It totally elevates it, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, I mean, is that what you were thinking when you chose that as your third food moment? Yes, that's right. Because, uh, of course, Indonesia is uh, archipelago, so we have many different seafood. And the things is uh, the best to have barbecue seafood, actually, with sambal. You can have five... Uh, seven different sambal in this variety of barbecue seafood in the book and it's again it's so easy to do and uh, and you can do it here yeah, I mean you know we, yeah. we have wonderful seafood, seafood here exactly exactly. Yeah. give us an example of something that uh, you know typical uh, British seafood that would go very well with one of your sambals oh everything the things is my book also feature uh, uh, British seafood or vegetables that are available here which is I know is not maybe people think we think that not authentic even I use not the common vegetables for gado gado let's say but I just use everything available easy for people to to buy in supermarket or farmers market 
you don't need to have uh, long beans or even uh, water spinach or kangkong all the way from Indonesia or Southeast Asia country because maybe I'm more concerned about the uh, carbon footprint but of course to, to talk about uh, British seafood mackerel is amazing uh, sea bream what would or... you do with the mackerel because mackerel is actually a very strong flavour what would you use to cut through it in terms of a sambal actually for me I know this is my grandmother way to prepare fi- fish after everything clean you season the, 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 the fish with salt and lime or lime juice or lemon if you like and it's just bring freshness you know bring tanginess rather than just plain and or adding the the citrus later we always put before cooking it and put let's say sa- gado, no sorry dabu 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 is manadonis raw tomato sambal basically it's like salsa it's so easy again you need only shallot chili tomato um, lime juice um, you can put uh basil or mint and mint is manadonis ingredients which forgotten sadly but I remember when I was small I know mint but now manadonis hardly cooked with, with mint leaf which is interesting and they're so easy right yeah, to make you, you uh, did that for our supper club yeah exactly and uh, this you know this is the things people think to cook manad- uh, Indonesian food is so difficult but it depends yeah. what you want to do surely to cook rendang is thick for hours but to make something like you know grilled fish or pan fried fish with the dabu dabu is so easy it's like 10-15 minutes to do well your fourth food moment is the beef rendang (laughs) and is possibly my favourite recipe of all time actually this is something very similar to to what my parents used to cook Mm -hmm. when I was growing up tell Mm -hmm. us about why you chose this one you know it's fascinating of course to talk about rendang because uh, I know yeah, you're right. Rendang is like the most well-known dish from Indonesia. Even CNN travel uh, footage. Indo- uh, rendang is the, the 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 most famous dish, uh, Indonesian dish around the world, which is fascinating. But there's several reasons why I choose rendang. Of course, for me, first the cooking technique. The cooking technique actually remind me of my grandma, basically when she cooked her coconut oil. Basically, that's you do. You, you you know you you cook until the coconut uh, cream turn to kind of oil, and you have the sediment. So the sediment with rendang is the sediment in rendang actually is mix of the sediment of the coconut oil with spices. So whatever you do to have this cooking technique, will be amazing, delicious. Doesn't matter, not necessary with beef, but even with. Whatever potato yeah. or because it's uh, the absolute umami, it's isn't just, it? It's yes, so it just creates huge umami, delicious flavor. Absolutely, yeah. you, you say that it comes from Minangkabau, yeah. which is a, ma- a pet matriarchy. Yes, that's right. Exactly. This is another things why I like to talk about rendang because the world knows the know, knows very well about Java culture, but nobody knows about Manado. Or Padang, or Minangkabau, West, uh, West uh, Sumatra. It is amazing. The history is just so wonderful because they have influence from, of course, uh, uh, the Arabic, the Indian, the trading started, of course, long, long time ago. But there's no even kind of recognition or even like feature of Minangkabau culture in any international. Uh, yeah. It's because, of course, um, 
I think, honestly, everything that uh, out from Indonesia is very Javanese centric. Everything but Java and Bali. They said Java and Bali, but not outside. Although within Indonesia, of course, there's uh, there's a lot of interest. Uh, for young chef or food writer to explore outside Java and Bali, but we have to, particularly myself, I want to promote more the region that uh, the the people outside Indonesia they don't know. Well, we're always after secret kitchens and secret histories. I mean, I'm fascinated by this matriarchy. How does it play out? What does it look you know, like? It's quite fascinating. It's very, it's very fascinating in so many ways because in West Sumatra you will find the culture is very uh, Muslim. But, again, in West Sumatra, the woman has important role to make decisions, not only within the family, but even in community. So it's very contrast sometimes, right? Because, of course, the perception of Muslim culture, the, the woman doesn't have place or doesn't have voice. But in West Sumatra, the woman has more voice than anyone. In, in what sense? What do they make decisions about? About, about even, uh, you know, let's say, let's say, the encouragement of the son. If if the son, if they is, if they have son, not only with family but like bigger family, the woman have to make sure this man they have to uh, have experience to work abroad or study abroad and come back, and. When this person come back with maybe his wife, so this woman have to look after or have a duty to look after uh, the the young uh, wife and to talk about the Padang or the Minangkabau culture, and it's still very you know very kind of. Uh, Alive. So the women are the holders of the yes, tradition. That's right. And yes. this is very much what you want to be seen as, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. The thing is, I know. The thing is like this: from outside, uh, of course, uh, the people outside Indonesia think Indonesia is Muslim country, but we are not Muslim country. We are biggest populated Muslim, yes, but we're not Muslim country. We we have this amazing. Philosophy as a country, philosophy and motto is Bineka Tunggal Ika. It means unity in diversity. The state actually really uh, recognizes many different religions. And then we, we are trying, of course, and are really uh, confident that Indonesia will, will be like this forever because we, we really believe in this uh, unity and diversity. And uh, you know, considering we have, let's say, a thousand different ethnicities, 700 uh, languages, five different religions, and up to now, we still live in harmony. So we've been having this culture not only after independence, but since long time ago, since even Sriwijaya and Majapahit, which is a kingdom in started in 6th, 7th to 13th centuries. So I really want the world as you to to see Indonesia, actually we are pioneering to bring the community to live in peace and harmony. And I'm, I'm really proud to be Indonesian and to share more unity and diversity. And wow, we need that, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to pop over to my Substack for extra bites of petty. Just search for Jilly Smith on Substack. And I'll see you next week. 